Hello and welcome to the Caution Tapes podcast. My name is Mariah and today I'm going to be talking about the murder of Cassie Jo Stodart. But before I get into that and my two segments of the celebrity tea and my favorite song of the week, I don't really think anyone noticed, but I did see that I had a few more plays since the Zodiac Killer update came out, so people might have noticed. I accidentally released this episode I'm filming right now to my zodiac killer update episode how it happened i don't know i guess it it was a technical mistake on my part it should be fixed but for a good week people could listen if they really chose to listen to not only the zodiac killer episode but the episode i pre-recorded that now I have to re-record because it wouldn't let me separate it without just deleting the whole episode. So that's kind of disappointing, but it's not a big deal. I can sit and talk about it again because I'm obviously passionate about this stuff. So if you happened to listen to the Zodiac Killer update episode and noticed me introducing myself again, introducing the podcast, and it just sounded like another episode was linked with this one ignore that let's get on to the celebrity tea again i have a life i know that me talking about celebrity drama contradicts that i know that however i always know the tea i just always do and i can't help it that i like to talk gossip this episode's gossip is about Madeline Klein and Chase Stokes. So they are both on the show Outer Banks and they play the main characters Sarah Cameron and John B. I forget his last name, but he everyone knows him as John B. Rumor is that over the summer they had a little breakup and Madeline Klein was out seen with Mr. Ross Butler, who I love. He was in Riverdale as Reggie for like the first season, but he was in 13 Reasons Why. I can't really remember his character's name, but he was in 13 Reasons Why and kind of just stuck to that and didn't go back to Riverdale. So, if you look up Ross Butler, I mean, it really doesn't matter, but Ross Butler and Madeline Klein were seen in Paris for, I believe, a Netflix-sponsored trip to go and promote Netflix and the shows that these people are in, and they were seen dancing, and there is a video of Madeline saying, I'm rich and I'm single. So, I hate but I love it's so bittersweet because I hate when couples who play couples on the show actually get together in real life because they almost always break up except there are a few exceptions first off Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher that was really cute Jennifer Goodwin and her husband um I don't remember his name but 
they're still together right now and I hope forever because I'll cry and it's like why are you crying you don't know these people but it's also like I am rooting for them so badly Tom Holland and Zendaya I will actually go into a state of depression if I ever find out they broke up which is really sad like again why do I care and I know I said I had a life in the beginning of this episode and I'm rethinking that now because why am I so focused on stuff like this also another couple that just got together if you've seen you season three this isn't a spoiler because I'm just going to talk about the characters but uh Victoria I don't know how to say her last name the girl who plays love there's a new character Theo who if you've ever seen after he plays the freaking good boy Noah and just their characters are so different and it's so weird to see him in a different character besides the point the girl who plays love and the guy who plays Theo are dating in real life and I ship it and I'm here for it so back to Chase Stokes and Madeline Klein they are rumored to be back together now so maybe they just needed space apart I think the pandemic was a time where couples were together 24-7 and even though it seemed like they were together 24-7 they each had their own projects they were working on and maybe they just needed space who knows they seem to be at least in good graces now if not back together so that has a happy ending but there's other i can't think of them but there's so many actors who are couples on the show that become couples in real life that have disappointed me one i didn't care about was lily reinhardt and cole sprouse because riverdale went downhill and i just saw a clip on tiktok that said that And this is a spoiler, I guess, if you watch Riverdale, so skip 15 seconds ahead. It said that Cheryl Blossom is eternal, and Cheryl Cheryl Blossom never existed, and has been this person who has never aged, and Sabrina, like, it really just, even season two was iffy, but season three is when it all just went downhill. I get off topic too easily. Let's talk about my favorite song of the week. It is by Taylor Swift. But I also have another one. I have another one. So I guess it's not my favorite. It's my second favorite, but this is my favorite of the week. Babe by Taylor Swift from The Vault. Taylor's version, The Red Album. Babe is so good. And I never really listened to it before because Taylor wrote it for Sugarland and was featured on it and you can hear her in it. But the way that Taylor sings it is so different and I love it and she really did such a good job on that. And then my other one is from the new Adele album, the Adele album 30. She went in such a new direction and I'm here for it. I would say Easy On Me is a song that is most like her old songs, but my favorite song is 100% Can I Get It. I think it's just called Can I Get It. Oh my god, it is so good. It's my favorite. Um, Go listen to those two songs if you feel the need, and then come back 
and we're gonna get into the murder of Cassie Jo Stodar. This is also known as the Scream Murder because there's a lot of consistencies and the murderers were actually inspired by Scream to go and murder, which is sick and disgusting, obviously. I don't know who just watches a horror film and says, oh my gosh, you know what I want to do with my life? Go out and murder people. I don't mean to be sarcastic because this genuinely affected people and still affects people in their real life. I just, I think the murderers are just sick people and I'll just get into the case and you can decide for yourself how you feel about things. So Cassie Jo Stodart was 16 years old. She was in high school and she lived in what was assumed to be a normal town. You'll probably hear me say that in every episode because that's how it always begins. She was house-sitting for her uncle on the night of September 22nd, 2006. She invited her boyfriend Matt over and he arrived around 6 p.m. He invited his two friends Brian Draper and Tori Adamchick to hang out at the house to watch a movie to which Cassie was a bit annoyed because she wasn't particularly close with the two. They arrived between 6.30 and 7. I feel like I can understand why Cassie would be annoyed. It didn't seem like her boyfriend Matt really asked for permission. He was like, my two guy friends are coming over to a house she was house-sitting. Maybe her uncle was like, you can have your boyfriend over, but don't, you know, have a party. So that's just where I believe the irritation would come from. When the boys arrived, she showed them a tour of the house, and I believe this to be a pretty big house. I think it's even called an estate, which is very fancy, Um, but she was house-sitting because there were dogs and cats there, and they obviously needed to be fed. So after the tour, they all sat down to watch a movie, and Brian and Tori said that they were bored and they wanted to go see an actual movie in a movie theater. So they leave, and then less than 30 minutes later, the house had lost power, scaring Cassie. The dog had been growling at the basement door, making Cassie even more scared to go down there, where the circuit breaker was. She asked Matt to stay the night, and when he called his mom, she had said no. She picked him up a bit later, and he called his friends, telling them that he was going home, to make sure they didn't return, thinking that Matt was still there. There's a bit of confusion when it comes to whether Matt's mom offered for Cassie to come stay with them or if she just said no. They were 16, so it doesn't shock me that her mom was like, no, you can't sleep over where your girlfriend is. And I'm sure, obviously, that must be such a big regret of hers. But Cassie decided to stay because there were dogs and cats she had to take care of. So Cassie was still in the living room and in the dark when she heard a noise coming from the basement door. Brian and Tori had been hiding in the basement, hoping Cassie would meet them there to turn the power back on. But because she was scared, she stayed in the living room. They came out of the basement in dark clothing and stabbed Cassie to death. The next day, they hung out with her boyfriend Matt, acting as if nothing happened. Matt had been trying to get a hold of Cassie the rest of the weekend, but she didn't answer. 
Cassie's 13-year-old cousin found her dead in the living room as her family returned that Sunday. Her uncle called her mother and stepfather, who shortly arrived later. Cassie's brother remembers hearing that she was murdered and crumbling to the ground. The entire community agreed that this was an insanely odd thing to happen in their small town. Investigating the scene and realizing that there were no signs of forced entry, detectives believed Cassie knew her murderers or murderer. Eyes were on her boyfriend immediately, but he complied with police and was eager to help them, so they stopped looking into him. He told them about his friends he invited over and detailed the night for them. When asked about his friends, Matt said they were friendly with Cassie and had even been flirty in the past with her. Both were brought in for investigation. Their stories were very inconsistent and they did not have a clear alibi. Brian was even asked what movie they went to go see, and when the detective asked what the movie was about, Brian could not give an answer because he didn't see it. On September 27th, Brian finally cracked and told the police what happened. Now this is where it gets, if that wasn't crazy enough, this is where it gets even a little bit more crazy. So this had been planned by Brian and Tori for a little bit. Once they found out that Cassie was going in to be a house alone, they decided that this was going to be their first murder. And these boys, as I mentioned, were very, very sick in the head. Brian told the police where the evidence of everything was, where they went and hid the murder weapon and everything they had. When the police went there, they not only found the clothes that they were wearing, the murder weapon, they also found a note and a video camera. The video camera contained multiple videos from before the murder and after the murder. Before the murder, the boys were talking about how excited they were to do it, how they were sorry that Cassie had to be their first murder, how they were going to be legends for this, and they even compared themselves to Ted Bundy, the Zodiac Killer, and the Hillside Strangler, saying that they were amateurs compared to what these two boys were going to be. Obviously, they were very fascinated with murder, and it is known that they were obsessed with the movie Scream. They were also interested in the Columbine shooters and other horror films and things like that that would, for some reason, inspire them to do this. So the videos consisted of them before the day before the murder talking about how excited they were. The day of the murder in school that Friday, they went up to Cassie and told her to say hi to the camera. Then they were in the car right before the murder, talking about it, and right after the murder, they took another video saying how they just killed Cassie, how it went so fast, how it was crazy, and it really just makes my stomach sick. I just can't think why, everyone, why anyone would ever go to the extent of this. It is truly terrifying and very disturbing. So... When the police asked why they did it, Brian and Tori both blamed each other. They both said that they believed that they were just trying to scare them, they weren't going to do anything, that the other one stabbed her, and just a lot of inconsistencies 
and this was before they found the cameras so they obviously knew that this was premeditated by both of them they both wanted to do this but these lies that they spewed really were a big downfall for them because they just blamed it on each other i feel like at that point if you're already giving up the evidence and where it's at and you know the video camera's there and you know what's on the video camera there's not really any reason that you shouldn't just be honest you're going to jail anyway you confessed so obviously cassie's entire family was torn and terribly upset due to their loss her aunt and uncle never returned to their house after that day cassie was found and the house has been hard to sell as no one would want to buy a house with a history like that which i'm actually very appreciative of the fact that the sellers of the house or the real estate agents i mean i'm sure in a small town like that everyone knows what happened in that house but i feel like if it was an estate if it was a big house and it is probably not as expensive as it should be someone might try to buy it and obviously something like this happening would steer them away from purchasing the house cassie's 13 year old cousin who found her had a severe breakdown and attempted suicide after the entire situation this breaks my heart and it is so sad that first off any of this happened and that her little cousin was the one to find her the Stodart family filed a lawsuit against the school, saying that they should have been able to see that the two students were dangerous, but it was dismissed because their actions were not foreseeable and the school district was not to blame. This is something that I actually have to agree with. I, Unless they told a counselor or someone that they were planning this, there really is no way that they could see this or if someone overheard them on the camera but I completely understand that Cassie's family just needed someone other than them to blame it is completely understandable if they felt like they should have been able to see that these boys were dangerous especially if they were filming some of these videos in school I would say that is a bit concerning but like I said it was dismissed because their actions no one could predict that and the school district was not to blame so both boys are serving life terms in prison with no option of parole at their trial one of the detectives had found a half-burned note along with knives stick matches black boots the clothing they wore all with cassie's dna on it this letter seemed like a mapped out plan of what the two boys were planning to do the note basically said what they were planning to do and that if Matt was still there with her, they would have planned to kill him too. It also seemed like they had backup plans for the entire weekend if Friday night did not seem to work out. Another thing these two boys mentioned is that this is not their first attempt at murder, or not attempt, but it was obviously successful. Tori and Brian said that they attempted murder 10 times before this but the people's parents were home or they weren't home alone 
so in a sense cassie got justice from being from the boys being served their lifetime sentences but cases like this are so sad to me because there's never going to be a sentence that is ever going to fill the hole that cassie's life left in her family's hearts and it is incredibly sad and i'm sure her boyfriend matt probably feels and felt terrible guilt because he left and he was the last one to see her alive and i i really just hope cassie's family even though it's not probable i hope one day they're able to find peace and these boys also try to appeal their sentences because they're not allowed to have parole at all and after going over the case every trial for an appeal is dismissed because there's no coming back from doing something this awful and they deserve to be in jail for the rest of their life so this is all i have on the cassie joe stoddart murder I don't see there ever being a time where these two boys will get out of prison or their sentences will be appealed, and they deserve to rot in jail, in all honesty. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back soon with another episode.